Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, it's uh, 10 minutes past 12 o'clock. Good afternoon, good afternoon. How are you doing on this Thursday afternoon, um, the second day of July? So really um, in the middle of winter, and it certainly is a crisp winter afternoon here in Joburg. My name's Nikki Seberini, and it is a delight and always a privilege to be in your company for the next hour here on the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM. Of course, this is the show where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. And yep, you know, heading into July and once again, um, a new month um, within this new COVID-19 world. And so we're still broadcasting from our respective offices, homes, homemade studios. So I always just want to give a shout out to um, the guys who make it happen, really. Uh, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to be broadcasting and we wouldn't be connecting. So thanks so much to Craig, who is just managing um, to get us out there and to DJ Flow. Um, really much appreciated. So we've got a fabulous, fabulous show lined up for you today. Um, And really, you know, I think that one of the things that COVID-19 has taught us, apart from many, many things, um, it's given us a time to certainly reflect, to look at ourselves, to be quiet or rather more quiet than we've had the opportunity to do in the past and just to see where we are in the world, who we are. And some of us having to dig really, really deep and some of us discovering incredible gems that we didn't know existed. And that's kind of where we're going with the show today. Our first guest who I'll be talking to after the break is Ilana Sissian. She's a cancer warrior and thyroid cancer. She's going to be sharing her journey and also how, you know, a happy and positive of disposition, how that helped her. And then we're going to have the wonderful Dorian Will, Dr. D, who will be joining us and also looking at emotional endurance. How do we dig deep? Where do we go and how do we come out within difficult times better, stronger for it? So let's take a break. And after the break, our first guest, Ilana, will be joining us. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Thank you so much for hanging in there and welcome back to the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. And certainly today's show is going to be about illuminating from the inside out. Um, we're learning that, uh, you know, this external world is pretty unpredictable. We're not quite sure what tomorrow is going to look like. And uh, we have to just wait and see how reality unfolds. So we have to go within and we have to build ourselves up from the inside out and uh, then that changes the experience of the external world and don't take my word for it because uh, our next guest Ilana Sissian who is a cancer warrior um, is going to be sharing her journey with us and also how going within and, and finding the positive helps with the healing process. Ilana welcome so lovely finally to have you on the show. Thank you so much Nikki it's taken a while. <laughs> it has taken a while, but you know, we've learned patience, haven't we? I was speaking to a group of friends last week and I said, so what are some of the things that COVID's taught you? And patience came up. How's your patience doing? Um, quite well, actually. Um, I've had to be patient in my life for um, many, many things. So I think patience isn't a difficult thing for me. Um, yeah, so it's actually been okay. I just take one day at a time. 
and I don't look too much into the future for now, and I, and I don't spend my days worrying either. So, sounds good. Sounds like a recipe for jo- a joyful life, Ilana. But let's go back to 2016. Um, when you were in the shower, um, and often, you know, we're in the shower and people say that's when you should check, you know, the breasts to feel if they're lumps, check here, check there. And were you checking or did you just happen to come across um, a lump on the side of your neck? Um, well, actually, for many years, whenever I went for my mammogram, um, this particular doctor always went up with a probe into my neck area, which was great, and which I tell everybody now, please tell your doctor to look there when you go for a mammogram into your neck because at least, you know, they can see things that might not be felt by you. And all the years, I think it was 12 years, he said, you've got this nodule, you've got this nodule, and we're watching it, and it's well circumscribed, and it all looks fine. I never gave it a thought. I said, fine, I'm fine. And no. then this particular night, um, it's quite interesting because I always shower with a loofah in my hand. And this particular night, I, I definitely was guided because I didn't have a loofah in my hand. And when I was going down my neck, I felt this lump. And I thought, I said to my husband, well, why have I got this lump? It must be that, you know, that nodule that I've had for years, but that obviously never felt. So, yes, so... Then it started the journey of going and getting it checked out and finding that um, it wasn't just nothing. And, um, yes, when I went to uh, the doctor for a sonar, and I was then full of the joys of spring because, obviously, all these years I was told it's, it's, it's everything's fine, we're watching it. Yeah. He just looked at me and said, uh, look, I'm not very happy. And I kind of laughed. I said, well, about what? I mean, how, how can there be anything wrong? He said, I'm telling you now, tomorrow you're coming for a biopsy. Mm-hmm. I like, was absolutely astounded. I couldn't believe it. And he said, I don't care who you've been to, whatever, I'm telling you now something's wrong. So the next day I went for this biopsy and um, he sent it away and it came back inconclusive for this particular thyroid cancer. So it wasn't yes and it wasn't no, but apparently when you get that um when you get that uh, feedback from the lab, they can't leave it because it could be. And then right. you, you know, and there's no further test to ascertain whether it really is or isn't. So the next thing I knew, I was at a surgeon who was telling me I had to have my thyroid out. And once I have it out, he will send it away and then it will tell us conclusively whether I do have cancer or not. So hang on, so hang on, Ilana, you don't even know that you have it and yet you've got to have your thyroid removed or part of it removed. Yes, that, that sure, is right. Sure, that's quite, so that's quite scary. Yeah, that is. And um, he said to me, look, I'm not telling you you can have half out or you can have the whole out because patients scream at me if they have half out and we see it's cancerous and they need another op, then they shout at me because I should have done all. And if they I do all and they only have a, don't have a problem, then they also shout at me that, you know, I, they could have left half in. So he said, you and your hubby go away and decide. And I must be honest, even though in my heart, because I'm quite intuitive and I work with body talk and stuff, I knew I had a problem. I just decided to have half out. But I knew that I knew that there was a problem. I don't know why I just chose to do the half. Okay, so, so so you had half removed and then? So I had half done and then um, a few days later he walked in and said, well, yeah, you have a papillary carcinoma and uh, 
you now have to have the other half out, but we have to do it in three months. We can't do it before. So I went away in December on a lovely holiday in January. I went back into theater and I had the other half out and there was no cancer there. And yeah, that's, that's what happened. Wow, and then wow. I was, I was, I was uh, absolutely fine. Um, I had to go in after this kind of thing. You don't have radiation, normal radiation. You go into isolation and they give you a radioactive capsule, which then you swallow and it ablates any cells that might still be left in the neck area. Um, so you have to be in a room in the hospital where no one can visit you because you're quite radioactive. In fact, the doctor joked, he said, if I went to the airport, I would set all the sirens off there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's also scary. That's that's scary knowing that. Wow. But but knowing that it's that that it's actually fixing you, that it's that it's getting rid of any cancer cells. That's incredible. Um Ilana, stay where you are. We're gonna take a break and after the break let's talk about, you know, your mindset. I mean we've gone into what happened, but how are you feeling during this process? So after the break, stay with us. IFM one hundred and one point nine megahertz of life. Welcome back to the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. Our cancer warrior Ilana Sisian is on the show today sharing her story of thyroid cancer in 2016, being diagnosed, um, having half her thyroid removed, um, having to then take these pills, you were saying, Ilana, these radioactive pills that would destroy any cancer cells. So I'm presuming that the, the recovery took place and, and, uh, and you've been feeling great ever since? Well, you wouldn't believe it. Um, about four months after my second op, I was told to go for a sonar because they give you like a five-year plan, which is very nice. You know, you do this yeah. and you see an endocrinologist about your medicine and you need, you know, to go for a sonar every six months, which is very nice because you feel that you're under good people who are going to watch you. And so should anything occur early, they can, you know, take the necessary steps. So once again, I waltzed into the radiologist rooms full of the joys of spring and uh, he started looking and he looked at me and said, again, I'm not happy. Oh. And I said, no, you're joking again. And he said, no, I'm not joking. Um, the, the lymph nodes in the side of your le- neck do not look good. I said, but how can it be? I've, I've had all these scans and tests and, he said, I don't know, it might, might have been microscopic before, but tomorrow you are having a biopsy. So my poor husband, I phoned to give him the news. We went in the next day, and it came back that my lymph nodes now were cancerous, some of them. So back I went for another operation to uh, remove those, and that was that. <laughs> so you, you removed the lymph, and that's all that was needed? They move, they move the, it's called a central neck dissection. So they, instead of in the middle on the side of my neck. But why I'm laughing is that because I never ever felt ill. I never looked ill. I never had any pain. I never had any bad effect from the anesthetic. Also because I was having body talk sessions which balance the body and do various things. So that's what was hard for me to internalize that I had this illness. Because I felt good, I looked good, I didn't feel sick. Mm. So it was like I was going through something, but I wasn't, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, and as you say, you look good, but there's so many things that are happening to you on the inside. And, and thank God that you felt good as well. So I want to talk to, to that, Ilana, because as you mentioned, you are, um, a body talk practitioner. Do you think, and I'm sure you're going to say yes, cause you're the practitioner, but I mean, what impact did, do you think that had on your treatment and not only that, your mindset when being diagnosed, um, with the cancer? I think body talk is the most incredible modality. Everybody knows me knows that. And I really think it helped because we're not just physical beings. So yes, I had this physical manifestation problem, disease, but there are many things that contribute to a person getting an illness or disease. It's not just a physical thing that happens. There's psychological um, um, parts to it. There's what is your emotional state? What are your thoughts, uh, belief systems? All those things contribute to mm. why a person gets an illness or a disease. So through the body talk sessions, I was able to work through many things that I know now and believe contributed to this illness in my thyroid. And, um, I, I really, and it also helps, you know, balances the mind body very, very well. And I really think that that is why I had no pain. I didn't have an ill effect from the anesthetic. And I really think it helped me in, in, in really he- healing on a deep level. Um, in fact, um, I'm not somebody who cries that easily. Um, well, I wasn't. But when the doctor cut you, it was very interesting because after that, I found myself crying quite a lot about really. Me. So it was almost as if the cutting released something in me. Incredible. Yeah. Well, I think to be able to, to go deep when, when going through something like this. So it's not just a physical journey. It's an emotional, a spiritual journey. And to, to be able to reflect and learn and grow and stretch is, is incredible, Ilana. But I mean, a, a body talk. So for people who are listening and certainly people who are, you know, facing challenges, um, Seeing body talk would be something to consider. I mean, going for body talk therapy, but it's not something you just go for if you're not feeling well, is it? Can you go as a weekly, monthly treatment? How does it work? You can, you can go for body talk for anything. You can go for um, self-esteem issues. You can go for just a general balance of your body because we all take in stuff and experience stuff every day of our lives and it impacts our well-being. It affects the way energetically our body works, our systems work. And, you know, X gets the psoriasis, Y gets the heart disease. But that's the end point. It's all the things that we've experienced, heartache and things, relationship, all even from utero growing mm-hmm. up, that can all sort of block our system, that affect us and can cause all kinds of disease and illness. So body talk you can go to for anything, for relationship problems, because what it does is you are guided to get to the story behind the symptoms of what the person comes to you for. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, I do. When you go to a doctor and you say, my back is so sore, he might do all the tests and say there's nothing wrong with you. But if you are in excruciating pain, there can't be nothing wrong. The nothing is, means physically there's nothing. But what about within yourself? There is lots going on that is definitely causing the back to be in pain. And those things can be addressed 
through things like body talk or Reiki or whatever people choose. And I believe should be used as an adjunct to Western medicine because then you get a broad way of healing all the aspects of yourself. Mm, you know what yeah. I mean? It's just concentrating on the physical. What about your emotional world? What about your thought patterns? What about how you look at yourself? You know, there's so many things mm. that um, can really help people. Yeah, there are so many aspects. And, you know, that's what we often try and highlight. Ilana, is that it's, you know, these kind of treatments, uh, I remember having someone and they called it the, a complementary treatment. And I love that, not an alternative, a complementary treatment. In other words, yeah, in other words, it's all, it all works. It's all, it's working holistically, all aspects, which is, um, which was incredible, Ilana. So, so by the way, I mean, people, do you have to go and be touched by the practitioner? Are you able to do body talk with people, um, online? How, how do you do it during COVID-19? Well, Body talk can be done across the world. You can work. Look, many people say it can't. Of course, if they, you know, it depends the kind of person it is. But I mean, I've worked on many of uh, my sister's children around the world and other people because it's basically a receiver and a giver, you know, like a telephone. Yeah. So I concentrate on the picture, on the person, and I'm connecting to that person, the innate wisdom of that person. And my innate wisdom is connecting to them. And all the info I can still get, they don't have to physically be with me. And it's exactly the same. And with the tapping that you do after you get all these links and things that you do, I, I just tap on the picture. So it's as if I'm tapping on the person. And yes. the, effect, the, the effect is exactly the same. And it balances the immune system. It, 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 I mean, I've seen the most incredible things from body talk. People don't have to t even tell me what's wrong with them because I'm guided to work where the body knows it needs to be aligned and things that need to be released. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. People miss out so much. Only looking at the physical in life. What is it they've got? Not only cancers, whatever. Because there's such a broad other part that can be addressed that can really help them experience radiant health and well-being. You know? I mean, so men just live by pills. Um, yeah, men that's for pain or whatever. I mean, I'm not saying that you will go off the pills, but men can go. I mean, body talk is fantastic for pain. Because pain is often linked emotional. There's, there's a whole lot of stuff related to that. So, Ilana, for people who are listening, because I'm going to say goodbye now, if anyone wants to get hold of you, how do they get hold of you? Um, well, they can call my, my cell number. Yes. They can call What's, my cell number. Is that the number um, you want to give out? Yes. At um, okay. 083. Yes. 762. 762. Six triple four. Six triple four. So zero eight three seven six two six triple four. Pre and post operative. It balances the body like you cannot believe. Um, and the healing is quicker, the the reactions to chemo. I mean those drugs are hectic. People feel terrible. Luckily I didn't have to have that. But I mean it balances your body and it works on body chemistry that people don't feel so sick, you know. Um, yeah. from the, 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 the drugs and interventions and everything. Well, that's um, fantastic, Ilana. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story and, and thank you for sharing that. 
I'm, uh, who, I'm hoping, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that our listeners um, will be able to contact you if they need to get hold of you. Um, thank you so much, Ilana. Thanks so much for joining us. And I just wanted to say if anyone's got thyroid cancer and they would feel they would like to talk to someone, because it's so comforting to talk to someone who's been through it, with absolute pleasure they can phone me. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you, Ilana. I'll I'll give your number again later during the show. So appreciated. Lovely chatting and do take care. Okay, thanks so much, Nikki. Thanks, Ilana. Bye-bye. So there was Ilana Sissian, Cancer Warrior, also a body talk uh, practitioner. And just talking about the benefits, you know, it's not one or the other in terms of treatment. It really is a complementary treatment. And look at all the benefits that Ilana spoke about. So that is 083 to get hold of her, 083-762-6444, 083-762-6444. We're going to have a break. And after the break, very excited, Dr. D. Dorian Wheel will be joining us. So stay where you are. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back and thank you so much for being patient. You know, that's what happens when we are broadcasting from different corners of Joburg and sometimes it's different corners of the world. But I love that the technology brings us together so we can broadcast this radio show. And more than that, all the incredible Zoom events that have been taking place. I mean, just looking at the Jewish report and and the kind of content the Jewish report have been bringing to our community and more. You know, everyone just very generously sharing their insights and their expertise. It's it's a fabulous way of connecting. and, And this is born out of... COVID-19. So our next guest is no stranger to radio. She's no stranger to this show. It is always such a pleasure and such a delight to have her on the show. And she has been so out there during this time as well, sharing her knowledge and expertise using um, different links. I believe she was also uh, uh, um, uh, uh, with one of the Jewish Report events and AltJet events and many, many more. Um, so we're delighted that she's taken time out to spend a little bit of time with us this afternoon. And that, of course, is Dorian Wheel, Dr. D., who is, as you know, a clinical and organizations and organizational psychologist. And she's had over 25 years experience in hospital, private and corporate practice. But we know her as the media psychologist and we love her as Dr. D. Dori, welcome. And so good to have you on the show today. Nick, thank you so much. I have just come off a webinar, which was a lovely one, actually, because it was for an organization called COBRA. And I do want to say that they, they want, not that I have to punt them, but it was so interesting because they, it's a mainly a platform for businesses who've been struggling um, with this time, business leaders and other businesses who might have to look at reevaluating their purpose. You know, it's always the central thing of business, the why. Why are we? What's our race and data? And with many people, what they are able to do is still keep their primary purpose, their purpose, but look at executing it differently. But with some people, it's even a matter of re, uh, re-looking and re-evaluating. What are we here for? Do we have the same market? Do we have the same purposes we have before? And why I'm saying that now on your show is because a lot of these webinars and a lot of what we're getting are about pivoting. I always see a vision of a demented ballerina turning around the stage in a crazy 
fitting manner. If I hear that word pivot again, you know, but you know, you know, it kind of means being creative, looking at doing things differently, making necessary and innovative changes. But I think that what is so important and what you do all the time is it's not the skills and the knowledge and the legal support and all of that, which is so absolutely necessary and people are stepping up in unprecedented ways. It's also looking below the iceberg. And it's saying that, you know, people who are not coping or who don't feel good about themselves, you can give them as much skills and knowledge as you want. They can't internalize or execute it. They just are not in a position to be there with it. Yeah. So what I'm doing, and I know that you're, that what we do together is about not only the kind of skills, attributes, knowledge that you can write about or tick off, it's sometimes the things that are harder to see and deal with, but that inform everything else. So I'm delighted to be with you. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. well, thank you. Thank you. And, and I love what we're going to be covering today. I mean, what you've just said, um, how do we find, um, the, the uniqueness within us? So when we are faced, um, with these kind of challenges, Dory, and people are seeing perhaps a career choice that they had dissolved before their eyes or businesses having to close down or a particular job coming to an end and they, they have the opportunity to use this time to, is it, you know, the pivot, the reinvent, how do they find the place of creation and expansive thinking as opposed to the fear um, contracting? Nikki, that's the important question. And I do, I do have to say, you know, there's kind of good news and bad news. The bad news is that if you want to tame it, you have to name it. If you don't own the story, the story will own you. And and if you want to get in some way on top of it, to unleash that possibility and new creativity with a huge amount of support, which is important, you have to lean into the feelings as a start. And so, you know, I like to say that there are normal feelings to not that that always helps to say it's normal. It, it sounds quite dismissive, in fact. But there are expected reactions to a hugely unexpected, uncertain, un, it, it, you know, the, the difference between this time and all the other times. And some people are trying to say, oh, we all, you know, there have been so many challenges before. But I can tell you that the difference is this unprecedented uncertainty. You know, even with 9-11, you know, the doctors who I've spoken to, one who was there, said we knew what we were dealing with. We knew how many. We knew quite quickly what the trauma was. Not to say that the trauma inside didn't persist, but there was a certainty and a frame about it and a predictability in a way. And, you you know, you couldn't get sick in the process. So there's so many very different things. And, you know, it is a difference, certainly in our lifetime, from a lot of things, and it generates these feelings. And so I think that we have to recognize that the feelings are a reaction to a traumatic situation. And instead of doing what we usually do, like saying, you know, pushing it under the carpet or, you know, often say that our carpet starts looking like the Alps after a while with all the stuff. <laughs> that, 
you know, that is pushed under it. The, the way that you start dealing with it is to recognize that you are feeling these kind of things. And in one way, it's kind of destigmatized mental health because so many people are. So there's more talk about it. And more acceptance of it, you know, than there has been before. Perhaps that's one positive thing about it. So when you say, how do you start dealing with it? I think the first thing is to recognize the difference between a response and a reaction. If you don't understand what you, that, that this generates these kind of feelings of fear, stress, anxiety, sadness, and so on, there, then you, 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 the chances of it are, that you are in a reaction rather than a responsive mode. And so what happens is that you can start ruminating and catastrophizing and your head can run away with you and what if and all of that. But if you start recognizing it and saying, stop, take stock, what are the facts? Where am I now in the present? What would I tell a friend if they were kind of going through this? You're moving away from that primitive brain where the emotions just take over, called the amygdala, into your neocortex, which is the thinking brain, and you create a gap, a little gap in which you can think between the stimulus and response. And in that kind of thought and the gap, enables you with some other things that we can talk about now to start getting a grip and saying, right, this is it. I know what it is. I'm going through this now. How can I show myself? How can I start dealing with it with self-compassion? Have I got a tribe, maybe even a tribe of one, who I can talk to who isn't an echo chamber that makes it work worse, I mean, and and so you know there there are but the first thing is to not try and douse it down because those feelings will be heard and if they're not heard they spill out physiologically sleep appetite lower backache migraine headache psychologically with irritation or kind of depression because they're going to want to be heard and in all kinds of ways. So that's the first step. Dory, we're going to take a break. I love that. Quick break. We're going to continue with the second step after the break. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to the DL Link Show. I have Dorian Wheel, Dr. D on the show, um, and she's sharing um, such wonderful wisdom, insights, her expertise with us this afternoon. Dory, we were going to the next step, but that first step really just letting the emotions flow as opposed to pushing them down. I love what you said about, you know, name it to tame it, um, and that we there is that gap between the stimulus and the response, and that's where we really get a grip on, on what we're thinking and what we're feeling. So what would step number two be? Well, I think there are two things that are very important to say, Nikki. First of all, I just do want to mention that, as you know, and a lot of people who listen to your show know about Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and the grief responses. You know, we are talking about global mourning as opposed to global warning now, and all of those stages of denial in the beginning, no, this isn't going to happen, this is really just the flu, it's not serious – 
or, you know, um, anger that everybody feels when they're out of control. When you're out of control, it often generates, the initial response is often anger and then, of course, sadness. And um, and what we in now, which which is related to what I'm going to say, is that we we kind of recognizing that this isn't a sprint. It's not 21 days of lockdown and then we're over it. You know, what we're coming to realize is that this is a marathon. We, I don't believe that, you know, certainly I think there's such a thing as mindful optimism and realistic optimism. It's not going to last forever, but we don't know how, how long. And we are a bit in the long haul. And that has generated that fourth stage, which is acceptance. Uh, the fifth stage, really, which is acceptance, which means we can't just sit back and wait for things to change and deal with the feelings. So this is what you're talking about. How do you then sort of get out of being completely overwhelmed and immobilized by what's going on so that you can repurpose and be more creative and understand that, you you know, it's, it necessitates thinking and doing about things differently, which comes in this stage. And so now one of the other things, that we're talking about further than recognizing the feeling in order to tame the feeling is, you know, it's interesting, this practice of self-compassion. The research shows that 76% of people, and I'm surprised it wasn't even more, talk in a much kinder, nicer way to other people than they ever do to themselves. That kind of internal conversation is very critical, that internal dialogue that we have, and that generates shame. You know, I should be coping. Besides the feelings, it's all the shoulds. I'm not good enough. Mm. I need to be stronger. I should be coping more. You kind of are your own worst critic, which certainly doesn't make it worse. So this kind of thing of, you know, we are, we, we often as leaders, and you and I have spoken about this often as women who are reared to be nurturers and caregivers, but other people, you know, we've been taught so much, look after others and look after others. But this is a time in order to be strong and to build your resilience where there are those tips that are on every news channel about routine, about good nutrition, about exercise, about sleep. Those are kind of really important because they also affect the immune system of the body and they relate to mental health as well. But other things, you know, I did... Um, uh, a breakfast thing, a television thing, and I think this poor presenter was horrified with me because she said, so what do you do about the 3 p.m. slump that we have almost every day? And I said, well, you slump. So she said, you know, what do you do about it? I said, well, you recognize that that is a low time for you, so you slump. And then yeah. you, you know, you actually say this is a low time this is the time I need to take 15 minutes. And you can't say I can't afford it to do it because you can't afford not to. Because mm. if so you're not, knowing yourself, knowing it, yourself, absolutely, right? Nikki, I love that you said that. It is. And then it's being kind to yourself and cutting yourself some slack. So, you know, especially in lockdown when you are all kind of together and having to accommodate everybody else. You know, you need, if you need to find a little bit of space for yourself, it's not selfish. It's necessary. It's saying your needs are important, very important, but so are mine. Yeah. And how 
he negotiate this to work well? And if you do that, you keep your relationships with what I call clean space without mm-hmm. developing resentment and unresolved stuff, you know. And Dory, we're, I'm so sorry because I'm loving what you're saying, but we're going to have to wrap up because we have news. You have to come. We have to continue with this. I'm, I'm going to speak to the, you have to come back on again. It's okay. so, so valuable. We have news. I just want to say the last thing is be empathic, which means listen to understand, not listen to respond with what's going on in your head. Oh. Listen to understand with what the next person is saying. And if you connect with them on that level, the shame, like Brene Brown says that, that empathy is like kryptonite to shame. You are a gem. You're a gem, Dory. We loved having you on the show. We will continue this conversation.